0: Welcome to another edition of the Real-Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. On today's show, I'm going to be joined by Derek Pearson. If you aren't familiar with Derek, you should be. He's one of the top fantasy players out there. He has done great in many season-long baseball and fantasy football contests. He is a leading money winner in Dynasty Fantasy Football and has been ranked as high as number two per the Scout Cumulative Fantasy Football Player Rankings. Derek always does a great job in the biggest contests. And he knows his stuff, and he's not afraid to voice his opinion. You're going to really enjoy what he has to say in our interview coming up. And you can follow Derek on Twitter at TV 314 Again, you can follow Derek on Twitter at TV 314 But before I get to that interview with Derek, I wanted to tell you a little bit about our Draftmasters games here on RT Sports. First of all, you can sign up for these Draftmaster games, you can just go to rtsports.com backslash power, that's P-A-U-R, rtsports.com backslash power, P-A-U-R, and click on the best ball icon on the left side of the page. The Draftmaster games, again, as I just mentioned, is best ball. This is where you just draft your team, and you don't have to worry about the hassle of season-long team management. And we have all sorts of prize points to get in these Draftmasters formats with all different sorts of rules as well. You can do a snake or auction draft with PPR rules or Superflex rules. So there's all different ways to get in one more draft before the start of the season. I highly encourage everyone to go sign up for a Draft Master League today. And you can do that again at rtsports.com backslash power. And now here's my interview with Derek Pearson, one of the top fantasy players in the industry.
1: And I'm joined by Derek Pearson now. As I mentioned in my intro, he's one of the top fantasy players out there these days. He's in all the top contests and has fared very well throughout the years. And, Derek, I'm going to try to get some insight from you into what it takes to be a top player and as well as some uh, insights into the coming season. So thanks a lot for joining me, Derek. Appreciate
2: it. Hey, Jeff. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat. So I just want to jump into this, Derek. Like I said, you're one of the top players,
1: so I kind of wanted to get that perspective, uh, in this interview. Uh, so what kind of preparation do you do for the season? What, what kind of time do you put into getting ready for a fantasy season?
2: Yeah, sure. Well, uh, you know, um, I've, I've done a lot of, uh, season-long stuff and did a, did a big portray into, uh, DFS last year. So, um, really the, the preparation between the two, um having done both at a at a high level is not much different, uh regardless of which route folks take. It's it's really uh a lot of time. Um, you know, I mean to do anything well, um you really have to like what you do, number one, and then have the time to be able to commit to it. So, you know, during football season and, and preparing beforehand, you know, I'll i I'll spend as much as, as I do working uh my day job forty, fifty hours a week um, a week doing, uh, fantasy football and prep and research and roster, uh, planning and all that stuff. So, um, it's a big time factor. And then that there, there's a lot that goes into it um, from that aspect.
1: So, so obviously, as you just mentioned there, preparation is a big key to being a very high level elite fantasy player, but in your, in your view, what are some other important factors to being a top fantasy player?
2: Um, well, I mean, yeah, preparation. I mean, you really have to. I I, I think that one thing that um, has really helped me over over the years is, and it might sound kind of contrary to popular belief, but um, you know, I like to I like to keep things simple. Um, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of great sites out there, and there's there's all kinds of metrics that that folks put out there on you know, basically any aspect of of the football game itself, which which do help in some, some ways at times, but that's one thing that I really don't immerse myself in much. I, I it, It's nice to look at here and there just for some, some pleasure reading or just kind of uh, taking a break, but um, what I really like to do is I like to dive down into doing drafts, uh, whether it's a draft master's, whether it's um just just a draft with some of the other uh folks I know or just talking talking about players and and teams with uh, some of the other um friends that I have that that play in a lot of leagues that that I compete against and just really talking through things and doing a draft and seeing how draft flow is shaping up and then trying to plan out accordingly um how to get some of those guys that I'm really high on this year that that have very good playoff schedules where a lot of leagues are won, a lot of overall competitions are won, and then just trying to fit those guys in on a team and and let them do the work for me uh, when it counts.
1: You kind of hit on this already in your last answer there, but I wanted to ask you about mistakes that you see a fantasy player make. Is there anything that you see that maybe the novice, uh, some mistakes that they might make either draft day or throughout the season?
2: yeah sure so i think the biggest mistake that that people make um really is something that i just touched on i there's so much data out there and uh I, I think that people just get lost in in all of these different things that get put out by um by by the community and and really i mean and by no fault of their own i mean they're just trying to learn and they're trying to um, you know construct teams but you've got all kinds of different opinions that feed into that consensus view then for for a player, and I think it really muddies the water for folks. And then they get into drafts and they say, oh, you know, I got to do zero RB, or I gotta I gotta take two wide receivers, and then I gotta take a tight end, and then I gotta take a quarterback. And I think they get programmed um, uh, in a way, so when they get into a draft, they kind of tense up and and really being in the draft is you need to to just be relaxed and and read the draft, just like. Um, you know, you're going in to read a book or something, you you kind of see how the flow is going, kind of see how um, players are shaking out and and trying to take advantage of value where you can. And don't, you know, the the things that you read about, um, the tools like zero RB, they're tools, but they're not a, a hot and heavy approach that you have to implement when you go in to do something. And I think that if you can do that and you can be dynamic in your draft, I think that's a way you can avoid, um, the mistake of kind of over data, um, over dataing yourself, I guess. Um, and then really time, um, you know, like I mentioned, we talked before we got on, uh, you know, I've got a newborn in the house this year. I've got uh, a couple of girls that just started kindergarten. So I, you know, I, I can't do 200 plus teams this year. Like I've done in the past, I, I have to dial it back a little bit, but you know, that's kind of realizing that, uh, you know, each individual is different. A lot of people have the time to be able to do that many teams or um, and DFS at the same time. But if you want to do it and you want to do it well, you need to really kind of define some leagues you want to play and do those leagues well and be able to focus and put put all you can for a season into that.
1: So I wanted to talk a little bit, Derek, about the waiver wire. It's such an important part of, you know, a big-time contest that you've done so well in. And I think sometimes it's overlooked – when it comes to strategy wise at least talking about it uh it's such a vital part in winning a winning a season long game how do you approach the waiver wire what what is your strategy with that
2: um again it's uh, the waiver wire like you said i agree 100% it it is it is probably it is a very, it is a, it's a very, very critical thing each year. I mean, the draft is one thing, but there are opportunities to make up for deficiencies in your draft, um, through the wire. And, I mean, let's face it, you can get in a draft and it's just hard and nothing falls and you really just kind of have to make do and try to piece together the best team you can in the draft, but then use that wire throughout the year to supplement it. And, how I like to do it is if, if there are a couple guys early that really emerge as as difference makers or guys that were kind of iffy to going into the season that that clearly have taken taken a hold of a starting job that they should keep and they've got a favorable schedule, whatever your reason, don't be afraid to spend on them and and buy that person and then make you know save a little bit of money so that you can pick during the rest of the year, but. If there's guys that that you feel are difference makers for your team and the way your team is built, you know, I I have no problem, and I've done it before in the past, spending those early weeks on them. And there's other situations where that's not necessary. um, And you kind of poke around and, you know, in watching the games, you kind of see guys, um, backups that might emerge or that might come into a role that might flash one week, and you pick them up a week early before they possibly get a bigger shot. And, uh, you know, Spencer Wears or Kendrick West were, were big examples of that a, a couple of years ago on the Chiefs. Um, so do that. And then, and then most importantly is you need to save money a little bit for the end of the year, uh, just in case you get an injury. And, you know, a lot of people, the waiver wire is less hit during the end of the year, especially if some folks are out of it and they just, you know, forget about their teams and there's less competition. So, it's always nice to hold a little bit back for the end of the year to to help supplement things if you need it. So
1: let's talk a little bit about the coming season, Derek. Any trends? I know you've done some drafts already. I've done some drafts. We've all seen how things are flowing uh, currently. Any interesting trends that you're seeing right now compared to the last few years? I know last year, as you mentioned as well, the zero running back theory was the hot, hot button issue. But anything you're seeing right now in current drafts?
2: Uh, um. I I see this year, I mean, I see people doubling up on running backs in the first two rounds. Um that kind of was a lesser uh lesser done thing the last couple of years. I see people doing zero R see them going three wide outs, four wide outs, I see, you know, the top quarterbacks going early, but that's been a pretty consistent thing. So the names change, but there's always three or four that go in the early rounds and um, and I and I see the same kind of trend with tight ends. I mean, different names, but top guys usually go about where they're going this year. So I mean really I, I haven't seen anything too crazy that's a consistent trend, but I really do see a lot of people uh mixing up strategies and and um you know, capturing value. I, I do see a lot of there the one thing that always makes me kind of raise an eyebrow when I'm doing a draft is when I see people go contrary to ADP and they just take guys that they want. And that's really a hallmark of uh, a lot of successful players uh do that. They do not, you know, they don't look at ADP and say, Oh, you know, this guy's uh five picks late for where he usually goes. I'm going to take him. That's not the way their decision making work is they like, look, if I want Christian McCaffrey in the middle of the second round, I'm going to take him. And, um, I have seen that a few times and, and I, I usually look into those teams and, and that who, who owns that team a little bit more to, uh, to see who they are and kind of how they've done in the past. But, um, uh, when you see that, I think that's something to really take notice of and, and, um, and mark down to, to look at a little bit closer.
1: You just talked about some trends in your last response there, and I wanted to get your uh, views on the quarterback spot because a lot of people have different view, viewpoints on this. Are you going to go early for a stud? Or are you waiting on it? There's, it's very deep this year. What, what are your feelings on the quarterback spot? What, what approach are you taking?
2: Well, um, you know, I'll be, be very frank. I, I like Cam Newton. I like James Winston um, a lot um because of their playoff schedules. I, I I like Russell Wilson and Matt Ryan too, kind of same reason. Um they both have really good schedules when it counts. I think you know, it, it's funny because it seems like Andrew Luck and Cam Newton kind of flip flop each year. Uh, you know, last Cam's coming off a big year, Cam's going, you know, high and then the, pre, the the following year, Andrew Luck was going in that spot and Cam Newton was going in the ninth round. So um you know it's it's just a I like those guys this year. Those guys go kind of in the middle rounds, which is, you know, usually where I like to take them after I get a strong base that position players built. Now, Aaron, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady, they're all great quarterbacks, all pretty decent playoff schedules as well. If those guys slip, especially, you know, in a format that might be a six point per touchdown league, um, I'd definitely take them and have no, I wouldn't look back. And, Um, but the same thing in a four point league. I mean, if those guys slip, you know, into the fifth round or even to the sixth, which is rare, um, you know, I'll pull the trigger and and not think twice about it because I think they are the best at their position. They've got great playoff schedules and, and they can give you an edge.
1: So there's some situations out there right now, current, uh, battles at running back receiver that aren't quite clear yet for fantasy owners. Some uncertainty like Patriots running back. Packers are running back. We just aren't quite sure how that's going to play out just yet. And the Jets receiver spot's just a mess, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Uh, in those spots, do you just go for it with players in those situations, or do you just
2: avoid them altogether? Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's a great point. And I think this is actually something that uh, that needs to be touched on more out there. And, you know, I'm glad we can talk about it a little bit now because, in my mind, it's, it, those situations are messy. Yes, so that's that's a, that's a fact. Um, you know, I I I wish I was the, the the best guesser and the best predictor out there, but I'm not. I mean, you know, one option is okay. You take you take Galissy for the Patriots, for example. You take Galissi, Burkhead, and um, you know James White and Dion Lewis, and then you just try to figure it out as the season goes along. The problem is. I mean, I don't even think Bill Belichick knows what he's going to do sometimes until, you know, the night before or the, the day of the game with his game plan. So how are fantasy players supposed to be able to pick the right guy? I mean, it might on paper look like an awesome matchup for the power back of the Patriots, but James White comes out and, and scores three touchdowns through the air and, and gets uh, and breaks one off on the ground. I mean, those are situations that I think Number one, drafting all those guys to try to corner the market of, for a team like that is hard in the draft. And number two, you're you're essentially sticking yourself with really really tough roster decisions each week. And you know, you know, you're going to be right some weeks, and you're going to be wrong most other weeks. So I like to avoid situations like that, especially when it comes to running back. I like to try to get back that really don't have a lot of competition for carries or the guys behind them are fairly easy to possibly get on the waiver wire. Some of them might not even be drafted or drafted in the you know last two or three rounds and might be dropped. Um, I think that that is easier to try to predict, um, you know, in terms of the receivers, you know, Buffalo, the Jets, um, you know, even San Francisco, I mean, somebody's got to catch the ball there. Uh, I have no problem taking a shot on Garcon or taking a shot on Robbie Anderson or, or Jones on Buffalo. I mean, you know, you never know. Um, you can always drop them, but for most, most situations, I like to shy away from that, uh, rather than try to get everybody that possibly could be in play and then try to figure it out with a start sit decision because it's just, uh, it's, it's a hard game to win that way.
1: So fantasy owners are, are a lot of them are intrigued by rookies, and I wanted to get your thoughts on a couple of rookie running backs, both Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey. They're going very high right now. Fournette, from what I've seen recently, he's been a consistent second-round pick. McCaffrey's been third-round most drafts I've seen, as you mentioned uh, earlier. You, you saw him going the second round actually in the draft as well. So, your thoughts on those guys? Are they getting picked in the right spots?
2: Um. Personally, I, I don't think so. I mean, I, I think they're being taken too high. I mean, it's, this is one of those themes that, again, you know, it's, it's, it's the same type of draft, draft slot is just a different name. And it happens every year. People, you know, a lot of people love the rookies because they're the new shiny toys and they offer, you know, upside that just hasn't been seen yet. And people like to take shots on that. Um, you know, Fournette, Fournette had a great college career. Um, he really did, uh. I just, I would be, I would be hard pressed. I, I won't own him in the second round. Uh, just, just no way. Uh, it's Jack. I mean, you got Blake Bortles back there still. Um, I don't know how many games Jacksonville's really going to be playing ahead. Um, They're a 500 team, maybe a little worse. Typically, teams like that with those type of win loss expectations aren't really good for lead back. They're going to be playing from behind a lot. They do have Chris, Chris Ivory and. Uh, Yeldon. So, I mean, they, they have guys that, that are going to rotate in aside from Fournette. So, and he is a rookie. So, you know, that's too high in my opinion. Um, I, I really like Dalvin Cook. He's, he was going in the fourth and the fifth round. I think that's okay depending on how you start. I think he might actually have a clear path to, uh, the majority of the carries there. Um, hopefully if Minnesota's line can be a little bit better, but he offers a lot in the passing game too. And, um, McCaffrey's interesting. Uh third round. You know, it it all depends on how you want to put it together, but he does he does he's just a, I mean he's a great playmaker. It's just it's all going to depend on are they going to leave him out there to line up kind of as a receiver and not just rely you're not going to rely totally on him for running back production, maybe a little bit like Ty Montgomery's role started just that hybrid type player. Jonathan Stewart is going to play. I mean, he's going to start for them. Now, will he stay healthy all year? I don't know. But then again, on the flip side of the coin, is McCaffrey capable of being the, uh, the lead, the lead guy with, um, you know, 20 plus carries each week. I I don't know. Um, I think he offers the most upside of the bunch. Um, but I do like cook a lot as well, but in general, yeah, they're shiny toys. You got to be careful drafting those guys. And, um, If you do, you need to make sure that you've really got some consistent floors elsewhere, and and then hopefully one of those guys hits and and can give you some upside.
1: Well, Derek, that was just some great insight for both being a top player and some thoughts on the coming season. I really appreciate you coming on with me. You can follow Derek on Twitter. It's at tv 314 Again, that's at tv 314 And if you're playing in any of these big contests or some high-stake games, you're likely – Derek's name on there as well. So, Derek, thanks a lot for joining me today. I really appreciate it.
2: Jeff, I appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me on, and we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Yeah, we'll have to do it again. Thanks a lot, Derek. All right.
2: All right, buddy. See ya.
1: See ya.
0: And that was my interview with Derek Pearson. I really want to thank Derek for being on today. He did a great job and provided a lot of great fantasy insight for the coming season. Before I let you go, I just wanted to remind you here at Real Time Fantasy Sports, we have the best live draft experience you can get. You can draft live anywhere, anytime, on any device. You can do this for our commissioner leagues or one of our numerous money leagues. You can sign up at rtsports.com backslash power, P-A-U-R. Again, for that great live draft experience, sign up at rtsports.com backslash power. Our draft room works on desktops, laptops, tablets, phones. There's no downloads or installs. It works anywhere you are with any device you have. So again, if you want to sign up for any of our leagues, go to rtsports.com backslash power. I highly encourage everyone to give us a shot this year for all your fantasy needs. This has been Jeff Power for Real-Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day.